Take courage and let your heart be strong, all you who hope in the Lord. This video in our series on the Christian life of virtue is a study of the cardinal virtue of courage. In the Old Testament, when the Lord sent his people to do battle against his enemies, he called them to exhibit two traits of character conveyed in the Hebrew terms chazak and amatz, which we can translate as be strong and steadfast. Thus, the Lord has Moses tell the people as they prepare to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land, be strong and steadfast. Do not be afraid or tremble at your enemies. These two characteristics of being strong and steadfast correspond to the traits of character proper to warriors in battle that all human societies have identified. All cultures discern that warriors need to be disposed to attack the enemy and also, and perhaps even more, to be disposed to endure patiently the hardships of battle, even unto death. Not surprisingly, therefore, when the rabbis at Alexandria were translating the Old Testament Hebrew into Greek, they did not hesitate to employ the traditional Greek word for courage, Andrea. They did so because the Greek experience, the human experience of courage, helped the rabbis convey to their readers aspects of the biblical call to be strong and steadfast. Thus, the Book of Wisdom, as we have seen, lists Andrea with the other four cardinal virtues as one of the principal virtues that divine wisdom teaches the friends of God. The rabbis at Alexandria, however, employed the Greek term sparingly, and they did so in a way that transformed the meaning of courage. First, while for the Greeks courage had its ultimate source in the warrior, biblical courage has its source in God and depends upon God's presence and help. Thus, in the passage from Deuteronomy cited earlier, the full verse reads, Be strong and steadfast. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Indeed, the Lord seems to take delight in the contrast between the poverty of the natural endowments of the warriors he chooses and the courage with which he graciously empowers them. There is Gideon, the least member of his family, whom the Lord strengthens to liberate his people from the Midianites. And there is the classic example of David, the least of Jesse's sons, who isn't even big enough to bear armor, whom the Lord strengthens and sends to kill Goliath and liberate Israel from the Philistines, and whom the Lord will ultimately establish as king over Israel. Thus, subsequently, St. Paul will say, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. He will even delight in his weaknesses, for through them God's power is made manifest. For it is to Paul that God says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Not only was the source of biblical courage different from human courage, so too was its goal. 
If the goal of human courage is to defend the earthly city, biblical courage is ordered to the love of God and the eternal city. And thus, Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. Christian courage disposes us, therefore, to bear the hardships of this life for the love of God and love of neighbor in view of the eternal city. Nevertheless, the human experience of courage, as articulated by the Greeks, can help us understand features of Christian courage. It is to an analysis of this human experience that we now turn. Aristotle portrays courage as disposing the warrior to act wisely when confronted with the mortal dangers of battle. Aristotle explains that two things push a warrior to act foolishly in battle, disordered fear and excessive daring. For Aristotle, courage is a virtue that places the order of reason in our emotional life, in the irascible passions of fear and daring. As a consequence, the two principal acts of courage are one, to act with appropriate daring, or to attack in an ordered fashion, and the other is to endure patiently fearful evils that threaten us, especially the wounds of battle and even death. We have here the Greek philosophical equivalent of the biblical couplet, Chazak and Amats, attack and patient endurance. Importantly, according to Aristotle, since excessive fear is far more common than excessive daring, the primary act of courage is endurance. Aristotle's word for endurance is hupomone, which is best translated as patient endurance. For Aristotle, the primary act of the courageous person is to endure patiently hardships for the sake of the community. This is important for Christian theology, because although the New Testament authors never employ the Greek word for courage, they frequently employ the traditional Greek term for courage's primary act, hupomone, patient endurance. For example, in Luke's Gospel, in the parable of the sower, Jesus explains the meaning of the grain that falls on good soil. They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in noble and good hearts, bearing fruit in hupomone, bearing fruit in patient endurance. Now Jesus knows well, as he states in John's Gospel, that a seed doesn't bear fruit unless it dies. Thus, it should not surprise us to find that in Luke's Gospel, Jesus portrays patient endurance in the context of martyrdom. First, Jesus explains what will happen to his followers. Quote, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to assemblies and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. Jesus then reveals the ultimate outcome of this persecution. It will lead you to martyrdom, or it will lead you to bear witness, which is what the word means. Jesus further explains what this martyrdom, this bearing witness, will entail. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death, full martyrdom. You will be hated by all because of my name, 
but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. Jesus concludes by saying, by your patient endurance, you will secure your lives. Thus, the act of Christian courage is to patiently endure persecution, even unto death, as we proclaim the good news of the gospel. When we turn to Paul, we discover that he develops a rich theology of Christian courage's patience by presenting it at the heart of the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. So, in chapter 5 of his letter to the Romans, Paul affirms that the Christian life begins in the grace of faith, but that it is through the trials of this life that we grow in patient endurance, hupomone, and that this leads us to have a proven character. The Greek word here means the life of proven virtue. And this proven virtue leads us to grow in hope, a hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. So Paul here presents faith, hope, and charity as lived in and through patient endurance, in and through Christian courage. He follows a similar procedure in his hymn to love in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, where he says, love believes all things, love hopes all things, and love patiently endures all things. The letter to the Hebrews sees the trials of this life as a veritable school of patient endurance, whereby we learn to live the patience that Christ exhibited while he was on the cross. This is why Thomas Aquinas and the tradition see martyrdom as the pinnacle of Christian courage. Aquinas explains that Christian courage bears evils patiently out of a love for truth and out of a love for justice. When the martyr dies for the faith, it is from a love of the truth about God and about the true character of divine justice. Thomas recognizes that there are many types of battles, not all of which imply physical danger and physical death. Some of these battles are spiritual battles that can risk leading us to spiritual death. Among these are the battles for truth and justice that one encounters every day at work or in our local community. Battles that lead to harms such as the ending of one's career or of losing one's job. These too require the patient endurance of Christian courage. Spiritual writers see all of this as part of the process of our being configured to the cross of Christ so that we can pass from this life to the joys of eternal life. This entails battles. So John of the Cross, in offering his commentary on his poem, The Spiritual Canticle, will talk about how courage is needed to bear patiently the battles that we encounter from the world, from our own disordered and wounded human natures, and from our unseen enemy. All three of these spiritual battles require a patience that comes from God, and that is at the heart of Christian courage. We are called, therefore, to embrace the words of the psalmist, take courage and let your heart be strong, all of you who hope in the Lord.